0: First, we have some clips of New York City voters speaking earlier today with the independents, Amir about who they voted for and why. The mayor choice I had was Curtis. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you why I voted for him. I came to this country in 1989, mm-hmm. and he's always been around as, uh, as, a, as an activist, always trying to do good with, uh, with the neighborhood, with the communities. So seeing him on the ballot is uh, pretty exciting for me. Um, so I figured, why not give him a shot? um at the mayoral run and uh and yeah i really hope that uh that he's better than our current mayor because um i'm not a big fan of the guy um but i want him to to focus on the everyday life of the citizen of new york meaning public transportation schools um and not focus so much on his career Uh, Eric Adams okay
1: and I will vote for him because I just believe in his policies uh I'm a lifelong democrat and um I've been satisfied with what the democratic party has done for me particularly during the covid uh in this district so Mm -hmm. that's why it's important to me um safer schools Uh, I have two children so I would like safer
0: schools I voted for um Eric Adams and I voted for him uh, basically because uh, he's largely endorsed by the my, my union, and also the the opponent seems a little off to me, and so I didn't feel secure voting for him. Um, that's it in a nutshell, and. Um, um, I think that what I would like to see is, is a mayor that's, that really knows and understands the city and not just from um, civil workers, um, you know, from all the way up to all the way down, even to the immigrants, like to, to recognize who actually lives here. Who did you vote for and why? I voted for Eric Adams. Uh, Mainly because I see him speaking a lot on the news, talking about the changes as far as being a part of this city and seeing the things that has happened to us as a people, even as not just black people, but everyone in general, um, things that matter um, as far as gun laws and you know housing, affordable housing. Um, down to schools, you know, what needs to happen as far as like what Mayor de Blasio is also trying to do as far as the g program. I've seen what it can do as far as like uh, separating groups, smart and so-called dumb. Some people believe that because they do say that, unfortunately, um, but we see who gets into those programs. Okay, that was voters speaking earlier today outside of Brooklyn polling station with the independence Ama joining us now to talk about today's elections and what may come next is Tom Robbins. Tom was a legendary investigative journalist at the Village Voice for many years, best known for his award-winning coverage of political corruption and urban issues here in New York. He currently hosts Deadline NYC Mondays, 6 to 7 p.m. here on WBAI. Tom, welcome to the WBAI's election night special.
1: <laughs> Thank you, John. I'm glad to be here. I think I'm on 5 to 6 on Mondays, but he is on I on be 5 p.m.
0: Right. Mondays. That's what it is. That, Thank you, Rich. Okay. <laughs> yes, five to six p.m. And of course, we're on uh, Tuesdays, five to six p.m. Um, there you go. Yeah. So, um, uh, for starters, uh, you followed Eric Adams' uh, public career for many years, uh, going back to the early '90s at least. Uh, what are your uh, most distinct memories of him from over the years? And what should uh, New Yorkers uh, know about him um, hmm. as you know as he prepares to take on the largest role of his career? Hmm. Good questions, John. You know, let,
1: let me start with the what's happening right now, which is that we, we we are, I think, as a city, on the verge of something fairly historic. In that it, it's only the second time that a, a person of color, an African American man, has has been elected mayor. I mean, I'm assuming that that's going to be the outcome tonight. I don't think it's much in doubt. We can talk about what the possible gap might look like between Eric Adams and Curtis Sliwa. But, you know, it really is just an extraordinary thing that David Dinkins had one term, 89 to 93, replaced by two terms of Rudy Giuliani, three terms of Michael Bloomberg, two terms of Bill de Blasio. It's taken us that long to get back to electing somebody who just represents really the majority of the city. And and so that's, you know, it's not very exciting because, like we said, it's a pretty much a foregone conclusion that he will be elected this evening. But it's it's nonetheless still historic. And, you know, I think that's something no matter how you may feel about Eric Adams. and, And I've got a lot of questions about him myself. But I I think that New Yorkers should be glad that they are about to put somebody in City Hall who at least knows what it's like to be a black person from a place
0: of poverty in New York City's boroughs. Right. And um, what have been what has been some of your impressions of Eric Adams over the years? Uh, He first came in the public eye as a activist, uh, activist officer inside the Mm. NYPD and then later uh, went on to an electoral career.
1: You know, at the time that Eric Adams stepped forward as a dissident police officer, you got to remember what a rare bird that was. I mean, we just hadn't seen it. For one thing: there weren't that many uh, black and Latino cops at that point uh, in the NYPD. And while there was always a uh, organization that represented the small number of African-American police officers that there were, they had never really stepped forward to disagree with the policies of the city or the policies of the commissioner. And so my initial reaction to Eric Adams was, wow, look at this guy. He's impressive. You know, he's he's standing up. He's right there. He's wearing a uniform. He's speaking what appear to be, you know, righteous uh, disagreements with the policies of the NYPD. And it's very different for us to see, somebody who's wearing the blue uniform saying the things that he was saying. So my my initial my initial reaction was pretty good. I liked the guy. I liked what I heard. Uh, I think that changed somewhat as he as he got into politics. I mean let's just remember his his venture into politics was was a very strange one. He ran for Congress once and lost. He, he ran against Major Owens. Who I don't, it always seemed to me, and I think to a lot of people, he was a long running black, uh, independent, progressive congressman. You know, like of all the seats that you're going to run for to try to get an incumbent out of office, Major Owens, that's the one you're going to try to do. And then he dabbled with the Republican Party. You know, he went and he actually, I think, registered as a Republican. He said that he thought Rudy Giuliani was, was being really good for the city. Uh, At a time, no less, when Giuliani's antipathy to at least black people who came in conflict with the police was something that the entire city was recognizing. So that was really a strange turn, I thought, for him. Uh, He did win election. He went to the state Senate. Uh, But in the Senate, again, his, his role seemed to be really more about Eric Adams and his career than it seemed to be about. Like the, the people who have been elected to the state senate over the last couple of years who were just like putting forward all these progressive policies and really making themselves heard we we didn't get that we we really heard from eric adams and and his closest friends, John Sampson and Ira montserrat were were kind of like where's mine uh so you know i he did not impress as an elected official in the state senate um And then you move forward. You know he becomes the borough president of Brooklyn, and like that's not exactly a job that comes with a lot of heavy lifting, to say the least. Hmm. It's really, you know, you're the ombudsman for the borough. Once upon a time, Johnny, of course, it did have real power. Yeah, and a lot of
0: power in the days of the Board of Estimate, but that exactly right. That's been greatly diminished right but but then they
1: made him a citywide player you know you were in the position to be able to frustrate the mayor if you didn't like what the mayor was doing particularly if it was in your borough you basically got to say uh uh-uh, uh you can't do that uh but since the charter changes of 89 you know it's really diminished in power and it and it has been simply you know kind of like a just a a plenty potentiary for government you know and he used it Clearly to build his political capital to run for higher office. I mean, that was one of the things that, that I think as I watched him in Borough Hall, uh, that sort of, you know, at least created questions about where he was going as he worked to cultivate relationships with all the uh, new ethnic communities of South Brooklyn that had made a lot of money, you know, the, uh, the areas of Brighton Beach and Sheepshead Bay and uh, where there were a lot of new ethnic Russian, Azerbaijani, uh, different communities. And, and he went, he sought them out. And as soon as he began running for mayor, which remember it began right in 2018. I mean, he's been doing this for a solid more than three years, almost four years. And he went straight to those communities and started raising big bucks for them. So, you know, his essentially, you know, we're talking about a guy who really does not have in terms of as his role as in elective office, a whole lot to point to as to what he's achieved. And he's kind of a blank slate, I think. Um, One of the things that I find myself thinking as I see him getting so much applause and so many endorsements and so many people saying this guy is going to be great is that I think that People are seeing in Eric Adams what they want to see you know he 's almost like a human Rorschach test you know you uh, He is an affable man he 's a friendly man he 's outspoken he doesn 't seem to like to disagree with people unless your name is Curtis Lee. Uh and and yet you sort of wonder well where where is he going to draw the line you know and, and we sort of saw a big piece of that over the last couple of weeks with this mandate fight, which is a pretty fierce fight that's being waged between the mayor and particularly the uniformed services of the city. And, and if you've heard a clear word out of Eric Adams, I'd like to hear it because he really has dodged that question. Would you uphold the mandate for the police and the firefighters, the EMTs and others? He hasn't answered that question. So, I mean, that's a long list of the questions that I have about the guy as he prepares, I think, to take office.
0: And who are some of the key people he's surrounded himself with and what should we draw from that? Well,
1: I don't think we know yet, you know, I mean, look, we can go through his, his enormous campaign contributions that he's drawn. You know, one of the things that is extraordinary about his campaign was it wasn't just the fact that he raised about $15 million himself, but he got almost $10 million from the fattest of the fat cats who put together independent uh, political action committees to, buy television ads and radio ads and, and online uh, banners that they could spread all across the Internet. Uh, so, you know, OK, what what does a man like Paul Tudor Jones, who is known as a vulture capitalist, one of the guys who has been one of the biggest promoters of charter schools and other things, what exactly does he see in his crystal ball as to what an Eric Adams mayoralty is going to be like? We can only wonder. I'll say this: the one thing that we do know, and this is another, you know, somewhat historic moment. I think is that if elected tonight, this will be really only the second time in the last yeah, 35, 40 years that the Brooklyn Democratic organization. I won't say machine because it's it's just not strong enough to be called a machine anymore. But it is a collection of people who understand which side their bread is buttered on and they work hard to get people in jobs like judgeships, things that can help them. And not since Abe Beam, who came directly out of the Brooklyn Democratic Organization, have we had a candidate who was boosted so strongly for so long as their candidate. So we can say, yeah, the you know, the Kings County Democratic Committee, boy, they're they're his biggest backers right now.
0: Mm. And and speaking of, of backers and, and fat cats, uh, we, we have a, a clip here we're going to play in a minute where uh, Eric Adams uh, talks about uh, how important it is in his mind for New York City to become more uh, business friendly, that uh, uh, New York has not been uh, hospitable enough to, uh, to business in recent years. Um, I think we're, that's going to run here in a sec. Government must do its job to create an environment for growth that includes lower crime. We have to curb COVID, fewer homeless, as you see on our streets, greater affordability and partnership with the business community. This is going to be a place where we welcome business and not turn into the dysfunctional city that we have been for so many years. That was Eric Adams uh, speaking at a conference organized by Anthony Scaramucci, a hedge hedge fund executive and former Trump White House communications director, uh, who also uh, endorsed Adams uh, this cycle. (laughs) Uh, Your your thoughts on uh, what he's saying there? I mean, seems that's. Oh look, I mean,
1: some of it, you know, we'll we'll see how it plays out once he's actually got some power to deal out, but. Uh, he obviously was currying favor with, uh, business community, trying to make sure that he got their blessings. He wanted to make, make clear that he was not adopting the kind of, at least, rhetoric that, uh, Bill de Blasio did when he, uh, really tried to draw a line between the rich and the poor in New York. Uh, but, you know, how, how is that gonna, gonna play out? I mean, we, we don't really know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's so many things about, Eric Adams in, in terms of, you know, who he is that we don't really understand. And one of them is the very thing you're you're asking about. He went on vacation this summer after he won the primary. Now there's, you know, a lot of places that you might want to go to for vacation. You know, I can think of places I'd love to go, maybe an island in the Caribbean, maybe the West Coast, maybe the Northwest. Eric Adams went to the Monaco. <laughs> That tiny little almost duchy of Monaco where it's nothing but known as a center for gambling and hedonism. It's just like, who goes to Monaco?
0: Right? Known for its uh, roulette tables.
1: Yes, exactly. Now, he says he didn't gamble. He says he went to the casino, but he didn't gamble. Well, it's like but going
0: if... to the saloon and not getting a drink.
1: <laughs> so it's just, you know, so how does that play into what he says about business? He certainly has made it his business to try to curry favor with those folks. How will that play out? I mean, look, New York's uh, uh, business Right now is is kind of in at in a crisis moment because of the fact that so many of the huge office buildings that were built with city subsidies like Hudson Yards are now still have such high vacancy levels and so many others. And that's going to be something that both the business community and the social service and progressive community are going to be looking for. Well, what are you going to do about that? what do you how are you going to reuse these things what are you going to try to reduce rents are you going to try to make it easier for business Are you going to try to maybe make some space for the homeless make some space for affordable housing we should be able to get some insight fairly quickly into the thinking of an adams administration at least in the first couple of months after he takes office on those things and that'll tell us a lot mm.
0: and, and um any, any thoughts on how he might handle the NYPD? Uh, he was a 22-year veteran of the force. Obviously, believes uh, deeply in the value of policing, but he also knows where the skeletons lie inside the police force and inside the police unions. Well, he's he's
1: not a he's not an NYPD revolutionary. He's, he has made a point of saying he doesn't want to defund the police, uh, even though that slogan stands for something other than. Money, it stands for the, the way in which the police force really operates often as a rogue agency. I mean, look, the, the, the clearest thing on which he's going to be judged and, and the people that, that your reporters in the street were getting, you know, people are talking about safety and, uh, um, and crime. I mean, this is something that he is going to recognize. This is, you know, uh, he needs to be able to show that he can try to hopefully find those pockets of where crime is happening and, and bring it down. So, You know, he he had this very strange quote in a New York Times profile last month where he said something along the lines of, I'm glad I don't have to run the police department. I'll have a police commissioner. (laughs) So, you know, that that suggests that, okay, he's going to be a hands off person. I I don't think that'll be true, but -hmm. who he chooses and how that plays out with the police force, that'll be probably the single
0: most telling appointment that he makes at this point. Okay, and. Uh, one more question before we have to go which it uh which is your assessment of his um soon to be predecessor uh, Bill de blasio <laughs> I, uh,
1: it 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 almost makes you cry John it really does this is this is a guy who was elected with so much hope eight years ago you know we we really believed that he was going to try to address the tale of two cities and what did he do really after I mean, he did some very good things in his first years in office universal pre-K, you know, bringing the $15 an hour wage. But then he somehow, he got so enamored of the idea of running for higher office president. He looked in the mirror, and he saw the next president of the United States, and that was just... That was fatal. I don't think he ever recovered from that and got his eye back on the ball, and it's been so many years later, and I think that's why his ratings have been so low. People know that he just really hasn't been focused on the job.
0: Mm. All right. We'll have to leave it there. With Tom Robbins, a host of uh, Deadline NYC, Mondays 5 to 6 p.m. On, okay. uh, on WBI. Thank you so much for joining us this evening for our election night special.
1: My pleasure. Thanks so much for doing this, John. Take care. You
0: bet.